All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can you see Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It only... You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R-Epic.com. Also check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. Zephyr Epic has got you covered for all of your trading card needs and they also have a retail location in Surrey. So be sure to go check them out. All of our guests are sponsored by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. And today we will be joined by Canucks prospect Lucas Forsell. Very exciting times for us over here. But first, my name is David Quadrelli. I'm joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer today is Alex Allard. This is the Canucks Conversation Podcast. And as I mentioned, uh, Lucas Forsell going to be joining us and we are hoping that there won't be as many fireworks today as there was yesterday obviously for those that haven't listened already we dropped two episodes yesterday one of which was an emergency podcast absolutely dominic says uh this is a great comment to start the show from dominic over on youtube dear quads and faber 
Can we please stop today's show at 105 to enforce a trade the minute afterwards? So what do you think, Quads? I know Alex Alex wants to get out of here. 105, he's good with that. Uh, but we sh- we shut the show down pretty quick here. Like, let's do the Forzell interview. Let's get out of here. Take a little intermission. Have a sandwich. Come back. It'll be good. Which is what I want to bring up before we get going here. This this is my uh, this is my problem of the day. You know I deal with a lot of, in my life. A lot going on. Uh, this is a, at the top of it right now. Because for all my life, I've cut sandwiches diagonally. And I think it's the best way to cut a sandwich. But my question now, and maybe it's just because I'm getting older, is it better to cut it down the middle, like one's like left and right side, or the diagonal way? Because diagonally, I feel like there's more crust there. I feel it from that. It feels like, I, I don't know, something about cutting a sandwich here. I, I was thrown through a loop because all my life for the last 20 something years, I've been diagonal, but the last three months or so I've been cutting the sandwich left or right, like down the middle instead of, you know, the, the diagonal, like you get, you get what I'm saying? You don't do diagonal. Is that what I'm no, hearing? I've been doing diagonal for like 20 first 29 years of my life. But over these last few months here, I've been, I've been switching it up a little bit. And I've been going side to side just because I think okay. it's a better it's better bites come out of it. Like your first bite's better because think about when you do the diagonal sandwich. Where's your first bite after you diagonally cut your sandwich? The crust. The crust, like a corner piece. Like you're not going right in for the middle and getting no crust on it because that's no. a really good bite. But I think you can set yourself up for better bites. And that's basically what a sandwich is. It's just an equation of, of giving yourself the best bites possible. I, and now, now that I'm seeing it and just been doing it for the last few months here, I think the best way to do a sandwich is side to side. I I, th- I used to do it side to side, but I think it's actually diagonal, and I think the science behind it, not to get too technical here, but I think it's more conducive to holding a sandwich if you've got your two hands, right? And you're holding each side of it. You know what, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but that's got to be if it's a really big sandwich. Like if you're going to one of your Italian delis uh, out in Burnaby there, you're probably getting a good-sized sandwich. I, I'm on the Wonder Bread. So that thing, it's a pretty small little sandwich in its own right here. So I think, I don't know. I, I've been so, And I've been real hard on the... You know, for a long time, I said diagonal. If you don't cut a sandwich diagonally, it's not as good. It tastes better when it's cut diagonally, but maybe I'm just getting old. Because that's the other thing. Kids love their sandwiches cut diagonally, right? Like, kids don't like it when it's cut side to side. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. Like, I turned 30 this year. I'm getting old. How do you feel about well, Philly I... toothpicks on top? Philly toothpicks? What are you talking about? What's what's this here, Alex? Like a like a club sandwich, mm. you gotta cut it diagonally to get it to a club sandwich. You get those triangles. Right? Ooh, that's a really good point. I didn't really even I was think just about that. If you're part of the club, if you like really toothpicks, then you're part of the club. So the club sandwiches. The the main thing I do because I get clubhouse sandwiches a lot. It's one of my favorite lunch things to get when you're out at you know a cheap diner or whatever it may be. This like clubs club sandwiches are my thing. But what you do is you swap out tomatoes for pickles. And that's just, it's the perfect sandwich. Like, you got chicken breast, you got bacon, you got pickles, everything. Just incredible little mix there. Okay, so there's a lot of people in the YouTube live chat jumping in uh, and giving their opinions on this. Corey Shuchuk said, well, he, first he said, why is there a Range Rover ad stuck on my screen? Yeah, that what's ad going is the on bane there? of my existence. I swear to the Lord. It's over now. It should be over. Anything from Tuesday onward at Canucks Army, you shouldn't see that stupid ad. It took forever to get it off. Anyways, not going to start. Uh, Corey did say, though, serial killers cut up and down. Up and down, uh, and yeah. Dominic uh, said, Sorry, you're not cutting a sandwich up and down. If you're doing that, you're the whole top of the sandwich, bad bites all the way through. That's just, it's that's not I what you want. You want side to side. No, I think he's saying exactly what you have on the screen and what you're saying. You cut it up and down. What are you talking about? No, side to side, bud. Side to side. Side to side? Yep, I think side that's side. worse. No, well, no, yeah, no, it's not. Because you get a couple of really good bites on the side to side ones. And I just... It feels like there's less crust. It feels like the uh, the radius, there's less of it on the side to side. That's all I'm saying. The diagonal one, it, I don't know. I, I'm up in the air. I haven't actually fully decided where my opinion lands on this because I, I've done I've done the both for, for, you know, I've done the diagonal one for so long, but lately, ish, I don't know. Uh, just my Corey thoughts. says, huh? Get Faber and energy hey, drink. So, yeah, I think you might have misunderstood a little bit here. So, let, let's move on from this sandwich talk. All right. Okay, uh, we're moving quickly. To I'm glad we you, can I was help waiting you for you. I'm glad we you can take help a big you sip of your drink. 
Okay. All right, Smoke let me uh, dive fire, in. Chris? Before we dive into that quickly here, we are uh, partnered with the great folks at uh, Cat Friendly for the trade deadline. All of uh, all of our stuff there at Canucks Army. So cool stuff uh, with the Cat Friendly stuff. I think we got some Cat Friendly things to, uh, to get to in just a little bit here. I don't know. I think it's because I'm getting old with the sandwiches. Anyways, uh, smoke or fire, that segment sure wasn't. Uh, let's dive into the smoke or fire around the Vancouver Canucks. Um, obviously, we talked about it yesterday on both of our shows that we did, the emergency one and the uh, regularly scheduled episode as well. By the way, word of the day today, I'm just going to get it out of the way real quick because it, this is the this is the this maybe the, the dumbest word I've ever had. Uh, my word of the day is career. Career. How is that a word of the day? How am I learning anything from learning that as my word of the day? This book is, you know, we're into March and not off to a great start. Um, Canucks and Penguins rumors, lots of it going around. Obviously, is the trade going to include Brock Besser, JT Miller, Connor Garland? What is the latest quads? I know you wrote out uh, a heck of a timeline over there, obviously, over at Canucks Army. You're still, are you still updating that thing, the live blog? Because there uh, hasn't been very much going yes. on this morning in terms of uh, that. We saw the waivers kind of go through for the Penguins. We thought that might be a time that, that kind of moves things forward here. But uh, what's the latest? What uh, What's going on here? Smoke or fire? Okay, so that's the question of the day. Is smoke or fire, right? And yesterday, if you were listening to the live stream that we did, the emergency podcast, we were thinking that this was going to happen at any second now. It sounded like Brock Besser was going to be the player going back. Uh, Besser spoke after morning skate, Chris. I'm not sure if you you were part of that or if you um, got in there, but you'll you'll have it later. We'll, we'll say what Brock said. But first, let's start with this timeline. Pull it up, Alex. It goes back to yesterday goes back to yesterday. So for those on the podcast, I'm going to quickly read it out. February 26th, 10.05 p.m. That's when it starts, okay? On the same day, she was the first insider to have the return for the Timo Meyer to the New Jersey Devils trade. Shayna Goldman of The Athletic tweets out uh, that one name emerging as a potential deadline move over the last day or so is JT Miller. Okay, so 27th. Stay with me here, folks. Rick Dollywall wakes up. And he gets up bright and early, uh, finds out that JT Miller did not make the trip to Dallas. Uh, according to the agent, he has an injury and early word is he could be out a week. 9.25 a.m. on the 27th of February. Following Dollywall's report, the Canucks announced that JT Miller is out week to week with a lower body injury. Note, they don't put him on injured reserve and they don't put him on long-term injured reserve, meaning he can still be moved. February 28th at 8.30 a.m. Now we're at yesterday, recording this March 1st. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette writer Matt Venzel reports the Pittsburgh Penguins and Vancouver Canucks have recently engaged in trade discussions about Miller, but that talks may have reached an impasse. This is the point where the smoke thickens and ever so slightly begins to point in the direction of the Pittsburgh Penguins. 9.17 a.m. yesterday, Shana Goldman reports the Canucks are working on something sizable ahead of Friday's trade deadline, which if you don't know, folks, is at noon Pacific, and we're going to have you covered over at Canucks Army, live blog, all that good stuff. Back to it. 10 a.m., Daily Faceoff's Frank Saravelli says he thinks it's highly unlikely. If you listened to the show yesterday, you heard this, that JT Miller is moved ahead of Friday's deadline, and that if the Canucks were to make a Miller trade, it would come in the summer before July 1st, before, obviously, that no-move clause with his new extension kicks in February 28th at 11 a.m. The Pittsburgh Penguins place Brock McGinn and Mark Friedman on waivers in a clear effort to free up cap space, not dissimilar to what they did with Kasperi Kapanen. According to Puckpedia, Penguins would have 4 million in prorated space if McGinn and Friedman went unclaimed. And spoiler alert, folks, that is exactly what happened. So the Penguins have 4 million in cap space. If McGinn was claimed, then the Penguins would have had 5.7 million. So that might have made a, meant a little more smoke. But Back to it here. Stay with me. 12.48 yesterday, Elite Prospects Cam Robinson jumps in on the report, uh, backs up that uh, there there's big talks of Vancouver doing a substantial move ahead of Friday's deadline. At 1.45 p.m., uh, Shayna reports that the Canucks and Penguins talks are heating up. If you were hearing us yesterday, folks, that's when we started saying, okay, well, we got to go live again. And the Shen trade had just happened. We were thinking that Patty... Patty Alvin was cooking, so we were ready to go. 1.59 p.m., Sportsnet Satyar Shaw quote tweets that report that I just read from Shayna and says it doesn't sound like Miller is the forward involved 
in the deal. At 2.12 p.m., Patrick Johnson of Post Media reports that he's hearing talks between the Penguins and Canucks are focused around Brock Besser rather than JT Miller. Uh, PJ adds nothing in hockey is certain until it's done. Uh, and of course, we're about to find out why. Because at 3.15 p.m. on February 28th, the Athletics' Rob Rossi, who's based out of Pittsburgh, of course, reports that sources from both teams say they don't believe Brock Besser is headed to the Penguins. Rossi expands on that, uh, adding that Penguins GM Ron Hextall has had discussions with the Arizona Coyotes about Jacob Chikrin and the Vancouver Canucks called about his interest in Miller. According to Rossi's source, Hextall is expected to keep in touch with both teams over the next few days, but adds that it's unlikely deals will with both teams will be made. And that's what it's so interesting, Chris, because we've seen with Chikrin, right? Like it seems like all of the teams that were in on Chikrin have now gone elsewhere. And we've heard that the Arizona Coyotes asking price for Chikrin is very, very high. So that's all there was yesterday. Um, I'll continue with what we know today, but just your thoughts on that, because I think that last piece that I just said, Chris, about it's basically either Chikrin or Miller for the Penguins, that makes the most sense because the Penguins are clear they cleared cap space they're making a clear effort to make their team better yeah i mean they need it right they're fighting for that wild card spot um this is still a new ownership group in there i think uh they came in around the same time jim rutherford came to the vancouver canucks right so they're, they're a newish i mean for an ownership group very different also as well like the you know they're trying to set kind of a standard there obviously so i think there could be some internal pressure from the organization to try and make a big move and make this team actually competitive, get them into a playoff spot uh, and do that. I, I think that there's a lot here on the table, at least of potential things happening. I would be surprised. I think with everything we've heard up to this point, whether it be reports out of, you know, Vancouver reporters or even, you know, some of the Pittsburgh reporters as well. Uh, and Shayna, cause she's killing it. Uh, just like seeing how, how much talk there is around the penguins. I'd be surprised right now if the penguins don't make a pretty decent move before the deadline. I don't think they're just adding a fourth line, third line guy. I think they're adding like a defenseman or potentially if it's a forward doing that with Vancouver. So that's where I think we're at right now. I'd be very surprised just not to see the penguins, not do something. I don't want to say substantial. Cause I think that word's been tossed around a little bit in some of the, the reports here, but bigger, like it's not just going to be them adding a guy who's expiring and you know, is 34 years old and isn't doing much. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised like I said, well, no, I would be surprised if they don't do something, right? Like they've, they've done so much in preparation to set themselves up for a move. I don't know, man. It's it's looking like it's more in the camp now where I'm leaning towards a lot more towards fire than I was towards smoke uh, over the past 24 hours anyways. Okay, so March 1st, the day we're recording this at 7.51 a.m., Dollywall reports that as of now, nothing is close on a Brock Besser trade. Uh, 9.01 a.m., uh, Pierre Lebrun says, my sense is Pittsburgh and Vancouver have had trade discussions over the last couple of days. I can't figure out whether it's about Besser or JT Miller. And as I mentioned, the last update on this situation that we have at the moment, uh, at 11 a.m., both Hi, Lucas, do you hear Alex? clear waivers. Uh, Alex, we can hear you on the mainstream, just so you know. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so that's the situation up to this point, right? So that, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, favorite Jesse Town asked you a question in the chat here. Since Miller isn't on a new contract, how would retention work? And, and before you answer that, I just want to say I don't think the Canucks are looking at retaining any sort of salary on Miller because it's just I don't think they're ready to go to that level with the Miller discussions because, look, Miller's a really good player. And, and again, that's what a lot of people get confused with. Like even even Jesse, the person asked the question, said in the chat, said Miller is a beast, face palm. So many haters. This isn't about Miller being a bad player. And I feel like this has been explained enough times i'm not going to do it again it's just about the first four years of that contract are the most valuable and the canucks aren't going to be very good in those years and it's only going to hurt them when it's actually when it's actually when he, when the canucks are ready to compete the contract's just going to hurt them so if they could get out of it it's not a bad idea that's what all of this is centered around yeah so i've heard multiple different things things have changed over the past uh i remember asking about this to a source uh, league source back when the deal was done could they retain on the one year for JT Miller and then send him that way. Cause you mentioned the 4 million space that Pittsburgh has. How does that work with JT Miller? The Canucks, if they do, and this is, I, this just recently came out from, Hey, shout out to our friends, cap friendly. Uh, they were just, uh, as we just talked about at the top of the show, they tweeted this out that you can, you cannot just retain on the current contract. It's the whole thing. So the Canucks couldn't retain on the one year situation. It's going to have to be a full thing. And I'm with you. I don't think that they're looking to do that. They just signed this contract. It would be quite the, you know, 
back it, it, like backpedaling to the most extreme if they were to move on um, from Miller this quickly, but not not necessarily move on, but but retain and move on, right? Like that's a very big difference. Uh, having a seven year thing on your books, uh, that's that's a tough look. Heck, if you know if he retires at some point, you have some some major cap ramifications that could come from that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, I, I think that they would be much more comfortable retaining on Brock Besser, but I did see a report uh, earlier today that, that Pittsburgh could be more interested if it was like thirty to forty percent retention. That's tough too, right? Like that's quite a bit. I think every NHL team is something we've talked about the last little bit. When you have the skills of Brock Besser, 30 to 40% gets retained off of that 6.6, whatever he's making there. Every team would likely be in on that at that point. So I think it's about the return. I, I would be curious to see how much better of a return the Canucks can get for doing a high amount of retention on that contract compared to no retention on the Brock Besser or, you know, just a small amount of retention. I, I just uh, I'm curious to see what kind of assets you could get back if you do retain a decent amount. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's what the Canucks are kind of exploring right now. Is okay, what does this get us, and is it worth it in the long run? I think that's kind of the question they're answering. I don't think because, like you just said, obviously they'd have to retain long term on the Miller one. I don't think they're in a position to be doing that, right? Like I don't think they're going to want to, um, you know, to do something like that where. Um, you know, they're going long-term on a player that they just signed long-term that they're going to have to eat that salary for him not to play for the Vancouver Canucks. I just think that's a unlikely, uh, unlikely scenario that we'll see. Let's, uh, let's pull up this other tweet then real quick. Uh, Harmon Dial's tweet chatting about, uh, about the first round picks that the Vancouver Canucks or not the first round picks, the, the high draft picks of the Vancouver Canucks are going to have over the next little bit here. I thought this was a great tweet uh, from Harmy put it out there, I believe, last night. Uh, let's get to this. Harmon tweeted, The Canucks have seven picks in the first four rounds of the 2023 NHL draft. The Canucks have never had that many picks in the first four rounds in franchise history. This is something you like to see, man. I tell you what, as someone who covers the prospects and deals with them a lot uh, and is kind of in that realm quite often, this is very exciting news for me to see that the Canucks are able to do this not only you know acquire some draft picks but what they're doing here is acquiring draft picks that you're going to be able to instantly use here at this upcoming draft so very excited about this this is this is probably the you know this was a great tweet by harm because i really think it shows like how much there actually is being moved towards the future here and this is exactly the type of moves that you do to get yourself better down the road is Listen, load up on draft picks, take some swings, try and find another Elias Pettersson in the third round. Heck, try and find another Lucas Forcell in the later rounds as well. Find these type of players with your later round picks that have very high upside, and but also be able to secure yourself some extra firsts and get some of these top-end talent players. So overall, really like the way that uh, the, the, dead, the deadline is kind of shaped out for the Vancouver Canucks right now and what they're going to be able to do kind of with this draft capital. It's going to be interesting because there's there's options at least here, right? Like you can obviously draft all the players and use these picks here. Do you want to use some of these to include in, in a swap with whether it be one of your wingers that you want to move for a defenseman? Does a, one of these picks help kind of get a deal done in that situation? It just it gives them options, right? And I think that's huge moving forward here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, we, we've talked about how many times we bring up Kirby Doc, right? And it was a first and a third that they had to give up to get Kirby Doc, that being the Montreal Canadiens, of course. Canucks have an extra first and they have an extra third. Do they want to go out and acquire a young 21-year-old center? I think it would fit their timeline very well, right? Like, it depends where the picks are. There's a lot that can happen. I'm just saying that now they have options. And this is why you make these moves that give you so much flexibility, right? Not only with the cap, um, you know, but on the trade market as well. Like, you don't have to use these picks, which is why it drives everybody mental when people throw out the term, oh, yeah, you know what, uh, no no sense loading up on draft picks because there's no guarantee that that second round pick's going to play in the NHL. They're very valuable. Those those picks are very very valuable in the NHL. So again, I really like to see that the Canucks are loading up on these and yeah, as Harmon points out, uh 7 picks in the first four rounds of the 2023 NHL entry draft. Yeah, I mean, listen man, I'm jacked up. I'm jacked up. I love that they're adding some prospects here. By the way, uh going to chat with Josh Bloom here pretty soon. He might uh, come on the show. Uh, Canucks newest prospect as well over a little bit. Just waiting on Lucas Forcell uh, as well to hop in here as well. And we should have a guest on Friday um, of the Abbotsford variety. Looking for that. So let's dive into the chat a little bit here. Uh, Jesse asked, would love Faber's input on Juleson. How can't he crack our big club all season? 
Yeah, I mean, Juleson's a, a, a strong AHL player. Um, he's a guy who's been playing. Listen, he throws a lot of huge hits in the AHL. He can shoot the puck kind of like an NHLer, so I think he has those things. It's just uh, I think the speed of the game is, is the thing that kind of gives him a little bit of a problem right now at the NHL. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of evolves here uh, and what happens. I mean, he's going to basically you couldn't ask for a better opportunity uh, after they trade Luke Shen. Now you see Noah Juleson up on the on a pairing right now with Quinn Hughes. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's a wild spot for, for him to be in. I don't think he thought he'd be there at the start of the season, so at least you get a chance to see him in that role. I mean, really, for the foreseeable future, we don't really know the future of Ethan Bear right now. I mean, maybe there's something, um, obviously, when we started the show, I had to miss out on the media availability with Rick Tockett, so I uh, haven't had that, but uh, I wonder if there's an update on Ethan Bear pretty soon here. Uh, so we have an update on JT Miller. This I'm just reading this from Farhan Lalji's Twitter account. Uh, he says, Talkit says Miller will definitely play again this season. Obviously, JT Miller uh, out week to week. But as we said, not on IR or LTIR. He will play again this season. The interesting thing here is Farhan said, Talkit said that he got injured midway through the Boston game. So that's uh, interesting because, you, you know, obviously things happen like non-contact injuries and all that sort of stuff. But you didn't really notice anything. Do you know what I mean? You, you didn't really notice anything that, um, you know, that would kind of stick out uh, a little bit here. And we, there was a question in the chat about Noah Juleson, and I know you're working on something, so we can get to that later. We do have a little bit of breaking news right now, though. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's a situation that's developing right now. But last night, we saw the Columbus Blue Jackets go after uh, Jonas Corposalo and... Or excuse me, they traded Jonas Corposalo to the LA Kings with Jonathan Quick heading back the other way. Uh, according to our pal Frank Saravalli, uh, Jonathan Quick was not very happy about that and then had to be on the charter um, with his Kings teammates and obviously management as well uh, back to LA before that trade. And now a day later, uh, it's becoming clear that the Jackets were flipping uh, Jonathan Quick because the Vegas Golden Knights are well down the track on trade talks to acquire Jonathan Quick from the Columbus Blue Jackets. So just a little league news uh, that we wanted to update the live show listeners of. Dang, he really didn't want to go to uh, Columbus, eh? In and out. No, he didn't. Shout out to he the, uh, was it the uh, the Coyotes? Did you see their tweet uh, about, uh, about uh, thank you, Patrick Kane? Great to have you here. Uh, that type of thing. That was fun. I wonder if Columbus will do the same thing. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, that's I wonder that, but... The thing that excites me most about this, Chris, and again, I, I should also mention, I kind of just read the, the fun part of that. Uh, Frank did also add there are salary cap obstacles that could prevent it from getting across the finish line, but of course, well down the track um, on trade talks to acquire Jonathan Quick. Now, what I really like, Chris, is we know Jonathan Quick, he's had a reputation as a bit of a hothead throughout his career, right? Like, you know, he's always fired up. He's always ready to drop the gloves. And to be honest with you, I like Jonathan Quick to some extent. Like, I think I like him more than most in this market do. But what I really like is the whole revenge storyline, right? Like, this is... The NHL needs more storylines like this. He thought he was going to finish his career with the Kings. He's a pending UFA. He made it clear to them. I think I read this from Patrick, Patrick Johnson. He made it clear to them that he wanted to play beyond this year. The Kings weren't going to bring him back. So they moved on and and they made a business decision. I was blown away personally because yesterday was when I found out he had no trade protection uh, on his contract or anything like that because I was like, wow, he really didn't want to go to Columbus, but... How could a franchise legend like that not have any sort of um, th- anything in his contract saying that he is going to stay um, with the LA Kings? So LA Kings, Vegas Golden Knights, there's a good chance those guys meet in the playoffs, Chris. And I think that's going to be a really fun storyline to follow as the season goes on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's just another fun storyline. And I tell you what, if, if he does actually end up going to Vegas here, it's Frank's uh, semi-reporting. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see what it does for some of the other teams in the Pacific as well. I mean, it's it's been wild, eh? Like, I know this has been talked about a little bit uh, on some of the national shows because uh, they focused on the teams out in the East anyways, but not a lot of these Western teams really loading up that much. And it's uh, it's been kind of strange to watch because I'm curious how that plays out in the playoffs. Like, with so many strong teams in the East, do you have an advantage when you get to play the team from the Western Conference in the in the Stanley Cup Finals, like once you get there, do you have an advantage because you've had to challenge so many other really good teams? Like imagine, uh, imagine a team gets to the Eastern Conference Finals and plays the Boston Bruins and beats them and goes to the Stanley Cup Final. 
But it's like, man, we just had that seven-game series with the Bruins, who are such a good team. They play hard. I, I almost wonder if it's in – like, I think it's an easier path for a team from the West, but I don't know if I'd be picking the West team to beat the East just because they're so good. But it really sets up this year, the way that things are shaping down in the standings, that this is going to be just a lot – like, I don't know about you, but my favorite playoff series in the NHL is the first round, right? Like, I love the first round because there's hockey from 4 o'clock until – you know, basically like 10 o'clock every single night, you're getting good matchups, strong. Like that, that's by far the best playoff series, maybe in all sports, like playoff time. Like I really think baseball is great. I think like the, the, you know, the first round of the baseball of the MLB playoffs is really fun. Uh, October baseball, all that's great. But I don't think anything in sports with playoffs matches what you have in the NHL with that first round, because it's going to be so much fun to watch that Eastern conference play. And obviously the West as well, but just like those matchups that you see in the East right now that are kind of set up look like a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, like just powerhouses, right? Like it's a bunch of powerhouses out in the East and you're right. You know, um, you see these, you see these teams in the East loading up. Right. And, and what's happened in the West? Like Lars Eller to the Colorado Avalanche. That's one thing that happened today. But Lars Eller is the 2C. That's wild. Like that, that's, that's crazy. I think someone in the chat might have even, yeah, yeah. Jesse Town pointed out Lars Eller makes no sense as Colorado's second line center. But, um, again, you, you look at what's happening out East and you look what have, what's happening out West. It's almost like out West, they're just saying, okay, we need to make a move because we can compete with the Western Conference and, we just need to make sure that we can actually get to the cup final. Uh, the Ekholm trade. I want to get your thoughts on this because I, I don't think we're going to be joined by uh, Lucas Forsell. Uh, yeah, it just, doesn't seem like he's here. I just fired him a text here. We'll see if he can uh, figure out this, this connection thing. It's not like Zoom. It's another level. There's This thing's tough to hop on here. That's why I've been a little... The fact that Donnie figured it out kind of surprised me a little bit getting on here. When he came on the show, he's an old guy. Glad, glad he was able to figure it out. But uh, these young kids, Lucas, you can't figure out 19-year-old kids. Last time uh, Donnie ever comes on the show, by the way, for ah. sure, after hearing that comment. Now you'll reel him back in with your Burnaby talk. He loves that stuff. Nobody loves that stuff more than uh, you two. <laughs> okay, back to the trade market, though, Chris. Uh, Ekholm, M- Matthias Ekholm going to the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers giving up Tyson Berry a uh, couple picks. Seems like a bit of an overpay, and the reason I bring this up, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on the trade in a sec, but the reason I bring it up, Chris was because, you know, as the deadline's approaching, you're thinking about angles, you're thinking about things that you can write and talk about. That's just what we do. And one thing that I was discussing and just kind of thinking about was, and I think Trance also brought it up in a recent show he did, but the idea that the Canucks didn't get enough for Bo Horvat, ah, I would argue true. that they got the best package possible and the best package of any team that has given up any asset like he I, I would take the Horvat package over what the Sharks got for Timo Meyer, right which you know is, is a bunch of b-level prospects type deal right and it's just a lot of different pieces yeah you get the unprotected first the, exactly that's the key like that's the silver bullet right Natu Ratu I think is a better prospect than any of the prospects that were in that deal that went back to back to the Sharks I I Anthony Bovillia, I like him more than Andreas Janssen. I know that's a small part of it, but I I, I don't know. Like, I, I want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a little bit. We are joined now. Lucas Forcell on the line. Let's bring in Lucas here. Who, uh, Lucas, welcome to the show. There's no hotter Canuck in, uh, in the world right Thank now at scoring goals. How you doing, Lucas? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm at the hotel in Engelholm. Got a game against uh, Rögle uh, tomorrow. So yeah, I'm feeling feeling pumped for that. So yeah, it's awesome. Awesome, man. And I mean, awesome's a great way to describe the way that you've been playing. You've got five goals in your last six games. Four game goal streak. Did you switch to a golden stick, or what are you doing, Lucas? Why are you scoring so many goals? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, actually. Uh... Uh, I think uh, one thing is that I worked a lot on my net front uh, ability uh, uh, and uh, our game plan or system in the offensive zone is also that we we want guys in front of the net and I think I have improved that a lot and the coaches have teach me a couple of tricks. We got an old goal scorer as uh, <laughs> assistant uh, coach, Pelle Trespe, so... Uh, uh, and uh, then great teammates as well that have set me up for for nice for nice goals. And Lucas, you're seeing what it takes now to have success at the SHL. When you played a lot of junior, it was a lot of scoring off the rush and scoring from distance. You mentioned it. You're scoring a lot from just going to the net. How important is that now that you're playing in a men's league like the SHL? Uh, it's really important. You know, uh, the... It goes so much faster, and uh, these are so much more uh, greater on reading plays and uh, the, the stick on puck ability. Uh, so, like, you need to be in front of net and in the like, like area in front of net to score goals. You need to be on the inside. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really important. And Lucas, just your confidence level right now. What's it like? Like, is this the most confident you've ever been at any point playing hockey? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, and uh, again, confidence is growing when you get uh, when you get or given um, time on time on ice as well, uh, and you have to earn it, and you have to work hard to get to get the the ice time. Uh, so, like, you just have to. To grab the chance when you get it, and uh, when you do, the confidence confidence is uh, is going up as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think all players can say you play better when you have great confidence. So, yeah, it's feeling really good. I got to ask about last season a little bit because right now you guys are three weeks away, or about that. Uh, I think you said three and a half weeks. We don't know uh, from the from the SHL playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, with the SHL playoffs around the corner, this Fargestad team that you're on right now, they had a heck of a run last year. They take home the whole championship. They win the playoffs in the SHL. But you didn't get to play with the injury at the time. But you got to be with the team, right, Lucas? Like, how excited are you now to be able to play in the playoffs and and with these guys that won it all last year? I'm really excited. We we want to bring that uh, bring that championship back to back to Karlsta again this year. So and being able to see all the all the veterans around the team like Joachim Newgard here was been he has been with the Edmonton Oilers and like Linus Johansson uh, like he played Olympics last year also and like all those veterans guys that are there are big names in in Europe and SHL. I mean. 
I learned a lot from just being around the team, and uh, now I want to to be involved in the action and make and make an impact in the playoffs as well. So uh, yeah, I'm super pumped. Lucas, we understand you've spent some time with uh, Michael Samuelson recently. What's that been like for you with the Canucks development staff? Uh, really good, uh, really good uh, connection and uh, in contact with uh, Samuelson. He, uh, we have uh, watched some video tape. He have come to watch games. He have write notes about my game and like uh, what I need to be better on, but also what I'm good at and. He said, say also like the things that I'm good at, keep working really hard on those things too, because that's what makes you the player you are. That's what makes you good. Uh, do that thing better and you're going to get even better. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been awesome to have uh, uh, Samuelson around. I want to ask about another Swede in Philip Johansson. I know you know him very well. What are the Vancouver Canucks or potentially the Abbotsford Canucks? We've heard that he's coming over to North America next year. Lucas, give me a scouting report on Philip Johansson. I know you know him well. Uh, 2AD. <laughs> uh, uh, winning mentality. He he hated to lose when we played uh, home in the, me, his uh, little brother in his basement. He <laughs> always beat us up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's a super humble guy. 2AD. Uh, Moves the puck really well, uh, really good in the defensive zone, but has have put up some points like uh, this year and last year as well. So he has uh, offensive upside as well. So uh, it's going to be great for the for the organization to have him around for sure. Is it is it pretty fun for you when you get to play against him in the SHL? You mentioned you guys played in basements together. Now you're in the huge, you know, fans watching <laughs> you in the SHL. How cool is that? Yeah, it's really cool. Like, yes, uh, uh, our family, like, his dad has been my coach as well. Uh, so, like, he says, and he has been the coach of Philip when he was younger as well. So, he says, it, uh, I don't believe it. Like, you were, you were so, you were so young, like, yesterday, and now you're at the biggest stage in Sweden uh, playing against each other. It's crazy. So, uh, it's a dream for, for especially me, like I've always looked up to Philip, like he, when he went through the juniors in um, in Lexand and got up there and then moved to Freeland. I've always looked up to him because he's such a humble guy and a really good work ethic. So uh, it's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, if Philip's dad was coaching you and him, I think the Canucks might need to hire him. They seem like uh, seems like a pretty good coach uh, for, for you guys when you're juniors. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. They, they should uh, put a contract up the table. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, Lucas, lots of people are excited here in the, in the chat. I see pe- people are chanting your name in the YouTube chat. They see a lot of your highlights here on this show. Um, so a lot of people are asking, when can we potentially see Lucas in a Canucks jersey? Because I know you got another year on that contract in the SHL. You want to work on your game. But I know the dream for you has to be the NHL in the end, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, the NHL has always been a dream, and it's always gonna be the dream. Uh, but uh, as I've said, like before, I have no rush coming over. I want to feel mentally ready. I want to Vancouver uh, or the organization feel like we want to bring here. We feel that you are ready, and like it can be, as you said, I have a contract in Sweden next year, so uh, it can be in two years. It can be in five, and I mean if. If it feels right, it can be next year, but I don't think so. Uh, I feel like two years is the minimum. Like uh, not next year, the next after. Um, that's the that's the min- minimum range I would say for me personally. Uh, so uh, I want to feel ready, like moving to another country. I I love Sweden. I love to be around my family. That's important to me. Uh, but uh, for sure, the goal is the NHL and like. When when all parts feel like I'm ready, I will for sure uh, sit on them playing and be as prepared as I as I should be to to grab that spot. When you're talking about being prepared, I gotta add because I'm just thinking the last you know since you were drafted, how much bigger, stronger, better have you felt since the Vancouver Canucks draft you? You're in an important time of your hockey career right now of developing. How how much better do you feel than the day you were drafted? 
uh, I feel like I'm taking steps every week, every month, every day, and especially with my uh, strength, like puck protection and battles around the corners, I feel like I win more 50-50 battles. Mm. And uh, my forecheck has uh, always been one of my one of my strength, but I think it's a it's a been much better now these these last years. Uh, so, but uh, overall, I. I have uh, gotten bigger, I've gotten stronger, and it's going in the right direction. So hopefully we can we can ride uh, ride on that. Awesome, well, Lucas, you've given us a ton of your time. Appreciate uh, appreciate you joining us here. Now you, tell Philip he's got to come on the show here next week. Okay. <laughs> of course I will do. He has to. He has to. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. Thanks a ton. There he is, Lucas Forcell. He is red hot in the SHL right now. Five goals over his last six games, a four-game goal score. This guy's 19 years old, okay? This is a 19-year-old kid doing this in the SHL. It's very impressive. Uh, the Canucks, just an incredible pick in the seventh round uh, with Lucas Forsell there. I think he's a uh, very bright future for this kid. You heard it there. Minimum of two more years is the way he's kind of talking about it in the SHL. He's got the one year left on his deal uh, in the SHL. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation after that. I think he's going to go back because this year you can you can see it. Uh, you know, he mentioned it. he's going to go back to Sweden next year. He had some time in the Elsvenskan this year to kind of figure his game out a little bit. Came up to the SHL, and it's been confidence ever since. Ever since that call-up, 10 SHL goals in 22 SHL games. Really good stuff from him. Uh, and like I said, I think he's going to go back into next year in the SHL, have more of a consistent kind of top six role. In a very similar way, like I've, I've seen this progression of Forcell. It's like I've, I've read this book before. I've seen it with Niels Huglander, right? I've, I've seen a very similar thing with Niels Huglander. The only difference is one was a second-round pick who was you know, a star on the world junior team. Lucas Forsells had to work his way up to that point and didn't get selected to that Sweden world junior team, this most recent world juniors. Looks like a big mistake from Sweden on their selection part. Yeah, uh, well-spoken individual too. And of course, all of our guests brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. Promo code Hockey Season capital H, capital S, is the one you are going to want to do there. Okay, Chris, I ask you this. Where do you want to go from here? we got a little bit of time. I'd like to go a little bit over time if we can because I think uh, for the podcast, we should probably... just cut the first seven minutes of the show because that was, a, oh, that was, that was, that's up there for the worst intro we've ever had. Oh, and gosh. it's no fault to you. It's just, it was, no. it was a tough one. It, it was just, here's the thing that type of, I feel like that conversation and we've touched on this. Listen, you're about to get your dog. That's why you're going to have to start doing the show from home. That conversation I think is one that would have done that, w- that would have hit if we were in the same room. I feel like we could have argued better about that, but this whole Zoom thing online, everybody's got COVID, all this stuff, you can't, uh, you know, you got a dog coming in there soon, all that stuff. It makes it a difficult conversation. I think that that conversation had potential. And everybody in the chat, by the way, we saw the vote come through there. I think it was 70, 78% of people said diagonal, 21% said down the middle. I think there's legs on that sandwich. That's all I'm saying. I was really not trying to rehash the conversation. What I was trying to get at is I want to know where you want to go from here. Because right before Lucas came on, uh, thanks again to Lucas Forsell, uh, we were talking trades and we were talking about the Ekholm deal. Do you want to stick with the league-wide stuff? Or should we close it out by just saying, what do you think the next move the Canucks make is? When does it happen? And do they make that substantial move? Or does this go right next to the New York Islanders trade on draft day uh, with the talks falling through with the Penguins and Canucks? What do you think is going to happen here? I think I'm in the camp of I do think the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to make a big move. I think if they want to make a move for a defenseman, it's not going to be with the Canucks. If they want to make a big move for a forward, it is going to be with the Canucks. That's the way I think things are going to play out here. Um Whatever the Canucks are asking for certain players, you wonder if they drop that ask a little bit as the trade deadline approaches here. But at the same time, what's the rush, right? What's the rush for the Canucks in trading Brock Besser, right? There's not a huge rush there. Is there a rush to potentially move JT Miller? Yeah, I think so. I think there's more of a rush there because you obviously have the new contract kicking in. July 1st, this guy gets a no trade clause put into his contract. There's a little bit more of a rush there, but with Besser, I don't think there's any rush at all. So I'm... I wouldn't be shocked to see the – if I had to guess, I think the Canucks will make one more minor move. And I'll be – I'll still be very – I'll still be surprised if it is Besser or Miller in a trade, but I'll be more surprised if it's the Penguins in the end not making a move at all. I think the Penguins are going to make a pretty decent move. It's just going to be interesting to see if 
their best option is here in Vancouver or somewhere else. Ben Hankinson tweeted this out. And this isn't league-wide news. I'm just... It is league news, but I have to bring it up because the agent for Brock Besser and Luke Shen, Ben Ben Hankins, tweeted this out. Please trade for Nick Bukestad so he can come out of his timeout and play hockey again. Players don't like playing and fans don't like it either. Uh, Bukestad with the Arizona Coyotes right now. Uh, Hankinson tweeted out last night, congrats Nick Bukestad playing 600th career NHL game tonight. Uh, Will... Will he be playing for the Coyotes for his 601st NHL game? Uh, then he goes on to rattle off a few things. Six foot six center leads the Yotes forwards in penalty kill ice time and second forwards uh, in total ice time. And then he quote tweeted that and said, I would like to unsend my tweet since Bukestad is now stuck on 599 Damn. games. And then today tweets out the one that I said. So Canucks want to shore up the penalty kill. They need a center. Go get Nick Bukestad. That'll, that'll be your little stopgap for now. Go get Nick Bukestad. You, you make the JT Miller trade because as Frank reported, uh, the Canucks want a young center before they get, uh, get a Miller trade in the works. I just want to get into the chat here a little bit because yeah, I, people are. I love how this uh, this evolved. I loved how the chat evolved. Uh, Pittsburgh and like I said, maybe adding a forward, maybe adding defenseman. How it like evolved into who can we get from Philly? What's the prospect here? Blah blah blah. Then it's just like Dominic drops Myers to Pittsburgh. That's like and now people now people are excited about that. Uh, I don't think that's the <laughs> defenseman that the Pittsburgh Penguins are targeting. Uh, like I said, if it's a <laughs> if it's a, a forward they're after, uh, I think the Canucks are one of the teams that are obviously in conversations with them. Um, and a couple of questions here. Sorry, you go ahead. If you got something. Yeah, I've got a little thing here, and it's been pointed out in the chat. Shane Gostisbehere has just been traded to the Carolina Hurricanes for a third-round pick. Uh, Shane Gostisbehere, obviously, with the Arizona Coyotes. Now, the reason I bring this up, Chris, is because the number of teams in on Jacob Chikrin... Nice, you got some breaking news music. The number of teams in on Jacob Chikrin has seemingly just decreased because they keep going out and making trades for other players, right? And it looks like Jacob Chikrin, you know, his top suitors, we were hearing Boston, we were hearing LA. LA just gave up their first round pick. It doesn't seem like LA is going to do it. We're still hearing Pittsburgh, obviously, but that's the big, big thing here. If you're a Canucks fan is the most recent reporting we have is that the Pittsburgh Penguins want to make a splash at this deadline. They want someone with term. They're going to make their team better. They're not sure if they're going to do it with a forward and with or a defenseman. And if we're to believe the reporting that we have here that I stated earlier in the show, it seems like that it's going to come down to either Chikrin or Miller. So if you're a Canucks fan, obviously you're hoping that Chikrin moves first, that Chikrin uh, is traded to another team. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen because... The teams are just falling off like flies. I don't know. Like, I de- genuinely don't know who is still in on Jacob Chickering that could legitimately make a play for him. Well, you're, I, you say maybe the Canucks should get in on the conversation here. Is, is, he the, is he the guy that the Canucks might want to target? We might have to save that for tomorrow. Here's the thing about Pittsburgh, okay? A week ago, they were 2-5 and five over their last seven. They were losing games. They were sliding out of a playoff spot. They've won three games in a row this past week. If you're the general manager, Ron Hextall, you're thinking, I got I to gotta give these guys a boost here. This is my chance to boost the team. This is my chance to help the organization, help the players on the ice. You know, there, there's pressure. We've talked about it, I think, throughout the episode. There's pressure on the Penguins' ownership, on the management. And I tell you what, when pressure is on the ownership and management, things get done for a hockey team. Okay? And I think that's where we're at right now with this team. The fact that they've won three games on the ice, the players have done their part. It's time for the general manager to step up, make a move, trade for JT Miller. That's what I say. <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point, my friend. Uh, do you have anything else before we close up the show? Anything yeah. else? Other yeah, than you know way? what? Here's doing this show remotely now. You're not the a host anymore. You're done. You're you're go. I'm gonna have to run the show. I got more. St- I got graphics and stuff to get to. You don't look at the outline. How are you supposed to run the show? You don't look at the outline. You missed the biggest news I of your life. The, the biggest news of your life comes out this morning, and you don't even hit it. Alex, let's get this up. The AHL players of the month. The AHL players of the month. And you're trying to close out the episode or talk about trading for Jacob Chichik. Come on. Archer Seelaw. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. The Canucks just traded Philip Hironic. Uh, or excuse me. They got Philip Hironic uh, and a 2023 fourth round pick, uh, giving up the conditional first round pick from the Islanders trade. Uh, 
and a 2023 oh, second round pick. The Vancouver goodness. Canucks have just made this trade, folks. Uh, that is defenseman Philip Hironik and Detroit's 2023 fourth round pick in exchange for the conditional first acquired in the Bohorvat trade with the Islanders uh, and Vancouver's 20, Vancouver's second pick in the 2023 NHL entry draft. So I was just talking, Chris, about going you pull up right now as i'm talking you pull up philip Peronic's page you do all the philip Peronic stuff we're gonna give instant reaction to this right now we're going a little overtime again here folks but alex tell uh, your kids you'll see him tomorrow made this trade <laughs> the canucks have made this trade and i brought it up earlier in the show chris they have all this draft capital so much for having more draft picks than they've ever had in franchise history uh i brought it up the idea of them maybe going out and getting a player that they like uh it doesn't really surprise me if I'm being honest, but that pick, that is the pick that you give up. That is, uh, that is a steep price to pay for sure. Uh, obviously you wouldn't want to give up your own. I just don't think the Canucks would have wanted to make this trade right now. I, I, yeah, I think waiting till the draft and you have some clarity on where your picks are. I think that would probably have been better for Vancouver, but also there's added value there for Detroit because they don't know where that pick's going to end up. So, um, we're going to have to wrap soon. I got to go cover this for Canucks Army. Yeah, wow. So Philip Peronic, for people who don't know, right shot defenseman from the from the Detroit Red Wings. He's 25 years old. Listen, he was a highly touted player uh, coming out of the draft. Obviously had a couple of really good first couple years there with the Detroit Red Wings, but kind of fell off a little bit. This was a player that I liked for the Canucks to target when, you know, when I wasn't really sure what was going on with the Detroit Red Wings. But this is a lot to give up. Uh, this is the un... I mean, this is a conditional first-round pick in the Bo Horvat trade, right? Like, this is uh, this this is a lot, man. They, they, to give up a first-round pick for Heronik's big. I mean, you are addressing the toughest position to address, but it's something we've talked about throughout the episode. The right D market's going to be pricey, and the Canucks obviously are going in the way of a retool compared to a rebuild. They just traded a first-round pick and a second-round pick for a player. That is a move that is not what a rebuilding team does. This is a retooling move. The Canucks are going to try and get competitive within the next two years. You just traded the massive asset that you returned as well as uh, a second round pick as well. So there goes the chance for the Canucks to to have uh, seven draft picks in the first four rounds of the draft. Uh, they just moved two of their 2023, the first and second round pick for Hironik. So Hironik is now, he's going to come in and that's your top pairing right shot defenseman with Quinn Hughes for the next six years, right? Like that's what this trade tells you at this point. The the Canucks now have Quinn Hughes and his partner for the future with Philip Ronick. That's what the Canucks have right now. This is yeah, this that, massive. Quinn Hughes has his partner. Uh, and I'm just pulling up Philip Ronick's contract information. Cause I'm sure that's the next question in everybody's mind. Uh, $4.4 million cap hit this year and next uh, becomes an RFA at the expiration of it uh, following next season, 2023-24 season. Yeah, and I mean, like, Hronik's going to be, like, he's a, I, I like Hronik. I've, I've liked Hronik's game for a while. I, I've really thought that he's been a good player ever since he was drafted. Uh, I thought he was a really good player, and he jumped. He was one of the first to make that, like, quick jump into the AHL. Right, like he went and played a year in the O, went to the AHL, came right up through the system, has had some half decent seasons. I mean, as a you know, basically like a twenty-one year old, he's putting up a thirty-one point season, nine goals. Like he can do a lot for sure, and you're hoping that he's this type of example that basically the Canucks have talked about for a long time of like a guy who hasn't exactly panned out to the highest potential possible. He's six foot, he's a right shot, he's going to play with Quinn Hughes. Like, this is the guy. This is what you got. This is this is the guy for Quinn Hughes. And do I think that he's a bad partner for Quinn Hughes? I I don't know because I think he's a he's an upgrade on Ethan Bear. That's for sure. He's a, he's a big upgrade on Ethan Bear. This this guy is for sure a top four defenseman right now in the NHL. And right now he's about to be a top pairing guy with Quinn Hughes. So that type of workload, how much does that change his production, his game, how much his body can handle throughout this situation? Like. It, man, yeah, it's this is the the trade that I think we've lost. Like, I thought the Canucks were going to use one of these draft picks to get the the future partner for Quinn Hughes. I didn't think they were going to actually trade those draft picks to go out and and get this guy. But you've got a twenty five year old 
just turned 25 this season, by the way. This is a proven NHL defenseman who does have the potential to be a top-pairing guy when on a pairing with Quinn Hughes. You just, you're going to need these two to work well together. There's going to need to be chemistry between Hironic and Hughes because this is a big gamble that you're putting into this spot. But at the same time, is it as much as a gamble as just drafting the, the player? I guess the Canucks decided that no, that uh, that it's a bigger gamble to draft the players and use these picks. So, wow, huge deal right at the end of the show as per usual. Uh, nine goals, 29 assists through 60 games this season for Hironic. Uh, you would think, you know, don't watch him a ton, but you would think that there would be a little more offense there uh, playing with Quinn Hughes. So we'll see if that kind of happens. Because, hey, Luke Shen just had a career year uh, playing with Quinn Hughes. Okay, Betway, get us out of here. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We're, we're back tomorrow. We'll talk about this trade a lot more. Oh, yeah, we will. Holy cow. I'm just trying to take it in. It's hard to give an instant analysis here, but I mean, I just think that the unprotected, like the first is, is that was supposed to be the massive return from a Horvat deal. But now in the end, like, you know, the Horvat trade ends up getting you chronic, I guess, right? Like it ends up getting you the partner of the, of the future for Quinn Hughes. They're close to similar age. I don't know. It's not, it's not bad. It's just different than what I was expecting, I guess. You know, like I was expecting this team to actually start to rebuild, um, even though we were told it was a retool. So, dang. Tell you, man, now I'll tell you what. If if the, the Pittsburgh deal goes through now, what the hell, dude? The Canucks are out of control with, like, just wanting to be in the news so much. If they make a trade with the Penguins and then we see something massive like JT Miller or Brock Besser going that way, dude, like, at least... You know what? At least we have fun here in Vancouver. Like, at least there's some fun stuff throughout the year to cover. I don't know how this is going to work out, but, man, you're swapping first. Like, I think this is the thing that, uh, at the same time, like, man, I don't know. It's like, have we seen this story before? The Canucks moving high round, high picks for a right shot D? Yeah. Has that right shot D worked out? No. Is this a different player than Eric Branson? Yes. We'll have to see what happens here. I, I I like Ronick. I do like the player. I really think he could be a partner for Quinn Hughes for a long time. I do think that. He's not the prototypical guy, but maybe you can draft that player still. Maybe you can go out and draft, you know, the David Reinbacker, who's the bigger, right shot, more physical, that type of player. Maybe you can still go draft that, or maybe that's who you're targeting here. But I'll tell you what, for now, the, the Canucks just traded for the best partner Quinn Hughes has ever had. I think like, I think Ronick has a higher potential to be a better partner than even Chris Tanev was with Quinn Hughes. Like, I, I do think that if they work well together, Ronick is a solid, very solid. I think secondary puck mover on a pairing. If he's in that role, he is a very good puck mover. If he's not the primary guy. And obviously when you're playing with Quinn Hughes, you're not the primary guy anymore. So this, you could see some of the best hockey out of Ronick, but at the same time, the role that he's playing on a pairing and the role that he's playing for the team both drastically changed from what he was doing with Detroit. Now he is in a top pairing role, playing the top minutes, getting the top matchups with Quinn Hughes as his partner. So it's like, yes, the the partner situation is very good for him. You wonder how he's going to be able to handle the workload of the other things around the game. But I'll tell you what, I I do think that I've said it for a while on the show in the podcast form. Like I do think the biggest thing the Canucks had to address was a partner for Quinn Hughes of the future. And this trade at least gets you that. So that's, a positive spin on it, a negative spin would be like, Ooh, what happens if those Islanders fall out of playoff contention and what happens to that first round pick, right? Like, that's the thing. Cause I still feel like the, like that was the good part about that Islanders first round pick was that, that Islanders team does have the potential to flop, flop this season and flop next season. So, Okay, we'll I gotta see. go. Sorry to cut you off. We you we're gonna have to stop this conversation. Right. I gotta Bet I gotta way. get this up for Canucks Army. Betway, Betway, Betway. <laughs> uh, I'll do really quick. Betway. Let's get this up here, uh, Alex. Um, yeah, another big show tomorrow. Uh, no guests tomorrow. We got lots of time for this. Uh, Jack Hughes over three point five shots on net in this one. The Devils and the Avalanche this is a heck of a game to watch tonight. Over three point five on shots on net for Jack Hughes minus one sixty seven. Ten dollar bet's gonna return you sixteen dollars over on Betway. 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 And the second one, the big one, over 6.5 total goals in the game between the Devils and the Avalanche. And you need Jack Hughes to put up two or more points in this game. That is a plus 220 bet over on Betway, Betway, Betway. $10 bet's going to return you 32 bucks. Betway, please bet responsibly. Must be 19 years of age or 
older. Big show tomorrow wrapping up this massive trade. Thank you to everyone in the chat who joined us here. Uh, trade is popping off again. Man, okay, we got to get to work for Canucks Army. Be sure to check out CanucksArmy.com. It's about to be blasted with all this stuff. Uh, we got to get down to work here. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Lard, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Ooh, here we go. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.